0: Welcome to the P40 Podcast. I'm Sreena Vishmaya in San Francisco, and I'm really excited to be sitting down with Adam Ellenboss. And you're in D.C. Yes. D.C. Um, I feel like the last time we saw each other was in India.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. It was, we were sitting in, uh, we were sitting in Calcutta the last time we saw, <laughs> spoke.
0: I know. Yeah, it was so surreal. And it feels like years ago that we were there and it was just... I can't believe it was only like two months ago, huh?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I got home on like February 6th or 7th. Okay. So, which I think is probably a right. Of, didn't the conference end on like the 5th or something?
0: Mm-hmm. So you came home before that eclipse that happened the day after Valentine's Day. I actually flew home on the eclipse.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Did Was that, did, did you notice it? I mean, like, was your trip home wild or pretty normal? Oh, it
0: was wonderful. I think, but I... It's funny because everyone was like, you should, I like landed at the time of the eclipse. Like I landed right as the eclipse was happening and everyone was like, you're crazy. And so, but I think it, all that time in India, you know, you have all those special blessings and mantras and protections that I w- didn't feel afraid of, you know, I didn't think it was going to be difficult. And it was actually like one of the best flying experiences I had. I got upgraded for both flights to first class.
1: Oh, wow, that's, that's.
0: <laughs> I had to like sleep for the whole thing, watch movies, have uh, yeah. like brought
1: to me. Uh, that's amazing because uh, uh, as you know the flight is so long and the first class is like you basically have a little mini bed, you know. It's
0: like a little hotel room it feels. Yeah. Like, i love it.
1: Yeah. Oh that's that's lucky that's cool. Yeah, no I had the the lunar eclipse while we were in India. I think it was on January 31st. It oh, was yeah. in it was in Leo. Well, Vedic I think it might have been pushed back to Virgo or something, but mm-hmm. uh, it was in Leo. That land in my fourth house of my you know and family stuff and parents and I came back home and while I was gone my wife got bronchitis she's pregnant so Hmm. it's harder to recover you know from things when you're pregnant your immune system isn't as strong or whatever oh yeah and then my daughter got it and then um uh you know and then my mom was visiting trying to help out Michigan she came down to DC to visit and try to help and then I came back and my wife got the flu and then my daughter got the flu and I don't know if you've heard but the flu is really nasty in this area I don't know what it's been like but
0: no it's it's like epidemic right that's brutal going around I heard and yeah
1: I think it's everywhere but it was that they both got it luckily it wasn't the really bad strain but they they were really down and so I came back from India like really blissed out you know, and then just right into all of this family drama. And then my dad, um my dad ended up getting uh, some blood clots too. Mm. Oh. And he's he's a Leo moon, so the eclipse was actually right on his moon. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was it was just that eclipse this past eclipse season for me was wild because I went through this roller coaster from being in India basically on pilgrimage and like you said, just sort of, mm. you know, chanting and sort of in, in, immersed in the spiritual vibrancy and then coming home. And it was just like, Oh my wow. God, this is so intense, but luckily I didn't get yeah. sick. So maybe it was some good mojo for yeah. me too, in that regard.
0: I was going to say, cause you were up every morning, 4am at those temples, like <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: popcorn,
0: <laughs> I was like, what? Like I would see you at breakfast. You'd be like, yeah, I've been to like 10 temples.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think for me, like um, I've such a, and I know you do too. We, we both have that devotional, yeah uh spirit and i just i being in india and just you know i was just trying to savor every single moment that i could i just i feel like i was a little bit of a madman but i was like just all i wanted to do was be at the temples um and um be with the the deities and and be chanting and singing and just like whatever i could to just really immerse myself while i was there because uh, you know, how much of the time do I spend back here as a yoga studio owner here in D.C. being like, oh, I wish I could be in India, you know, and then I'm yes. there. And what, what am I going to do, sit in my hotel room, you know?
0: No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> so, and you got,
1: you got to be there for a while, didn't you, Shireen?
0: Yeah, I was there almost, um, almost two months, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's so awesome. I'm, I'm a little envious. That's really cool.
0: I, I, it was a long time coming. Like for years, I was tied down to jobs that wouldn't let me travel So I was always envious of the people that would do those like six month pilgrimages in India.
1: Oh yeah, totally.
0: For Like two weeks and I'd be so jealous. So I know like for years, like I was, I did a lot of work to like try to, cause that was a high priority to be able to spend more time there. Mm, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I'm looking at that. I'm like, I've got a two year old, two and a half year old, another baby on the way. I'm like, yeah, that's like 10 years off for me before I can like, you know, (laughs) like I can really like, No, I I hope I'll get there before then, But I it's my dream is to be able to every I mean ideally is like every year for like a month I would I would go to India if I could.
0: You can so much can happen. The beauty about India is so much can happen. The alchemy and the transformational potential of just being there, even for because actually last week I was on or last week, last year I went this time of year actually last year and I was only there able to go for like two weeks and. It was almost the same, I have to say. It's just, it's almost like the time kind of conforms around your time or the experience that I feel I had just as deep of an experience being there for two weeks. I prefer because I just love being there to stay longer, but I was amazed because everyone's like, that's crazy. Why would you just go to, why would you go to India for two weeks? And I just needed to go because I hadn't been there all year. So I do recommend even if you can just go for two years, it's, it's difficult on the body, of course, because of the time change, but it's still worth it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree because I was there only three weeks, so mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know, yeah. And it, I couldn't have I couldn't have imagined anything. It was like for me, India was like everything that I imagined it to be as a sort of caricature. You know, like it, there were there were there were monkeys sitting on top of the roof while I was you know drinking my my morning chai. Like <laughs> yeah. there, were, you know, like every in their colors and festivity, like the richness of the spiritual life. It was all as I imagined it to be, but it was also real. You know what I mean? It was like, so, so amazing. So, and and you know, all of the other things too, like I've been saying to people when they come back and being really careful because obviously as Westerners we're like, you know, I think we can also paint this portrait of like, Oh, it's like spiritual Disney world. You know, it's just another thing to just go and consume or or something like that. But um, I I mean, the main reason that I want to go back is not because it was so, uh opulent but also it was so humbling i mean i just i i felt i feel so much lower to the earth and like i know who i am a little bit better because of that and there's no price tag you can put on that you know that's
0: beautiful humbling is the word you know and deepening i feel like it's a very heart centric Mm -hmm. there's a level of heart energy that just pervades the culture oh
1: yeah absolutely
0: that is so profound. Like just the way people really do greet you. Namaste is not just like to be a cool, like to try to sound trendy. Like
1: no, no, it's like from it's from like, the heart. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they actually really mean it. Yeah, yeah. They really are bowing to you. Feel they're bowing to the god in them, in you.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: It's really yeah. It's very moving that that aspect always to me, Um, and. uh, yeah, so yeah, I love it. it's. This is, I guess, our little Mercury retrograde foray into like just the recent past of what we're missing. But um, I, you know, I was so glad we got to spend time there because I feel like I before that I had only. I don't think I had even met. Well, I think I met you for a second at Newark, but Very I never
1: briefly, yeah,
0: any time with you. So I only really knew you from your work online, and I just wanted to say I always really appreciate how much. Speaking of heart, that you know, I was drawn to your work. Originally, because I felt I always loved that you would add a prayer at the end of your updates, and I felt you put a lot into your daily updates. Even I think it was before you had your school and everything, you were doing that, just kind of that was just like your practice, your daily practice. You have Saturn in six, was that what we talked about? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I feel you, Saturn in the six, brother. That's right, that's Like, oh. So,
1: thankfully, it's conjoined with Jupiter. So, I think that the practice, the grind is met with. um I, I seem to have a reservoir of optimism that accompanies the routine of it, you know?
0: Yeah, beautiful. It feels like that. And, but I, I appreciate it because I feel Saturn in the sixth is so much, sixth house is so much about the power of doing things daily.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. That's really well said.
0: And I, I really love that about your work and it's, and people can rely on like, okay, what's happening today? Cause it's a new day and, and you give a lot of love and attention I feel to what's happening and I love your interpretations of you know things to look out for yeah
1: yeah so I mean <laughs> yeah right yeah totally it's funny like I well thank you first of all because uh, um I'm a fan of your work as well and um yeah I just been fun to follow a lot of different you know um become friends with and follow People on Facebook, like astrologers that you know my career's still pretty young i'm this is my eighth eighth year uh, practicing or, or what have you, and um, I just feel like you know becoming kind of peers and friends and colleagues with people like yourself and and other people out there has been you know kind of a dream come true for me, especially because i I, I looked up to so many of uh, people like you and, and others that in the beginning that i 'm like now. Like they're like, "Oh, you like my work too wow that's so cool Aww. so yeah it's that's neat to hear i Aww. I definitely try to yeah i try to I try to bring my best to um the daily see it started for me actually um because I was trying to learn uh how to do forecasting at all in a mundane way, like mm-hmm. monthly, weekly, whatever, without relying on sun sign columns mm-hmm. because I felt like there's so many. Sun sign horoscopes—I write them. I, I don't have any problem with them or anything, but I just felt like there were so many, so I was trying to think of a way that I could write more of a mundane horoscope that would be like, you know, what, what's going on for not for your sign, but what's happening in the sky today. And there were some people that were doing it out there that I, I saw—they do weekly or monthly or whatever. I'm like, no one's doing daily. Maybe I'll just try that. That'll be like a little niche that I could fill. And I really—I just tracked the moon for like a year or two. I just tracked the moon. It was really just a way for me of. Um, uh, learning, you know, getting getting a getting a a practice in for myself, and but then it, you know I was sharing it on social media, and so it grew, and I think, um, and then I just gradually it evolved into some familiar formats, um, what to watch for, and stuff like that, and I certainly feel like I'm always learning new ways that the the planets combine and express themselves, and so uh, you know it's it's. I think it's an evolving practice in that regard. And I I take notes from many other astrologers too, just to see there's so many different ways to read the planets and, and makes make a a valid interpretation. So I, uh, I try to keep, you know, watching other people like yourself and, and other astrologers too.
0: Yeah. I love that. We learn so much. Everyone has like just a slightly unique approach to the same language. Western astrology, I feel. And it's, it's always like, I'm always, it's like when you go to write, when when we go to write something down you know we're channeling a certain aspect of it but there's just so many facets and so then it's nice to read somebody else's work and see oh oh yeah that's right i forgot about that like today is today the venus uranus is that happening
1: it's pretty close um let me just check because i have it i have it up in front of me actually um uh, cause I figured I'd pull open my, yeah, it's, it's about, it's just a little less than two degrees away. So I, I think it actually perfects, um, maybe Thursday. I'm guessing.
0: Okay. Yeah. Something like
1: that. It's pretty close. <clears throat> but the thing that I've been really focusing on, if you, if you, you want my, I've been writing about is, um, in so I, I do a lot, as you know, I, I practice and study a sort of blend of like Hellenistic astrology, traditional and, um, and sort of modern, sort of psychological, like sort of a blend, Um, Mm -hmm. but one of the concepts in horary and in um, Hellenistic astrology is called um, besiegement, it sounds kind of intense, but um, it's when a planet will get in their movement through a sign, the planet will get caught up between the beams or rays of the malefics, Mars and Saturn. Mm -hmm. so the sun right now at six and change aries is between mars at five capricorn and saturn at eight capricorn in a square oh yeah so it's like in it's enclosed between them Mm -hmm. and the traditional interpretation would be something like well whatever the sun may signify is sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place, you know?
0: Yes, literally, right? <laughs> and and I think it,
1: like, when you, and when you look at, okay, you've got an exalted sun in Aries, and it's entrapped by Mars and Saturn. Like, okay, obvious interpretation, sorry to go for low-hanging fruit here, but <laughs> sun is obviously, like, commander-in-chief, king, president, yeah. leader. Oh, well, look at look at the situation that Trump's in right now. Yeah. You
0: know I mean? like, <laughs> no, that's very... True. <laughs> yeah,
1: and this and this really intensified, like the interview with um, what's her name, Stormy Stormy Daniels. Daniels,
0: yeah.
1: That came out like that interview came out as the sun entered the entrapment. So, yeah, um, True. you know, I yeah, th- that's like a a little expression. But you can also see like, for example, um, I was feeling really enthusiastic about something, right, and mm-hmm. um, and then over the weekend, I had an experience that really checked my enthusiasm and yeah. threw it into doubt you know, uh, so the sun and Aries getting caught up between Mars and Saturn and Capricorn, you got that kind of like, okay, wait, you know, like you're, you're not going anywhere so fast, you know,
0: there's a lot. Yeah. That's a good, I feel it's so much about waiting. I've been writing a lot about waiting. I mean, I know you love the I-Ching also, and I Mm -hmm. feel like most of the I-Ching is like, wait.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can summarize the I-Ching in one word. It's wait. Wait.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Patience. (laughs) totally totally it's yeah it's like the waiting and so it just feels like yeah like it's very much a hold your horses kind of time and I I guess I would apply to Saturn and Sagittarius in in Vedic but um I it's funny because I've had a few conversations too with people who are really excited with that Aries you know normally with the spring it is that burst of exciting new energy and this you know wanting to just jump into some new projects and just get 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 it going with the creative fire and there has been so there's it's been interesting because that's sort of there but then it's so tempered by all of the like wait but do you really like the Saturn and Mars considerations like do you really want to put in that much time do you really want Mm -hmm. to do that much work it's going to be expensive or is it going to be you know what are you going to be sacrificing for that or you know what are the limitations so yeah I think it's it's a little bit of a spring joy kill for sure.
1: <laughs> well, it's still I don't know. Um are you in are you in, you're, out, you're out west, right? You're in San yeah, Francisco. In yeah. because <clears throat> yeah, out here it's like um an unusually long and cold winter for yes. DC. Is it still um, cold? Yeah, it's still really cold. And um so yeah, I've been observing I've been observing that. But there's also like um I mean, if you want to get kind of like just like a very specific um, instance of this, uh, I've in the past couple of days, uh, my clients have been I'll just kind of mask this to keep it anonymous, but they've been struggling with things like, I was all ready to go back to school. Yeah, but then this came up, you know, like, and that's what I've been getting like all week this week in my practice, you know, something came up. (laughs)
0: I had a conversation with a good friend last night, we had dinner and she was, she's really excited about this new business opportunity that came up and, um, and I thought for sure it was going to happen for her. And then last night we just had that conversation where she was like, I, she's like, I don't know. She's like, I like a lot of freedom. Like, do I really want to run a business? Like, what was <laughs> like? she was yeah. So excited last week. And now she's like, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, you know, you actually really like that free time. I don't know that you want that. Right. Like, I make, if you think she's like, well, I thought the business would give me freedom. I'm like, I don't know if running a business gives you more freedom. I've never heard that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um. Yeah. It's, just, it's really funny. And and uh, like and you, you know I watch it in in charts. You know, so like my wife has a son mm-hmm. uh, in Aries right now, moving through her tenth house, okay, s- square to the malefics in her seventh. You know, so that's that's like me. That's <laughs> so. <laughs> so she came up with this great idea. And she was like all ready to go with it and i didn't intentionally do this but i was like you know mercury is retrograde You're, Mm -hmm. you're you're revising this great idea for the yoga studio you're you know kind of fiddling with it a little bit and i was like i think you should just give it some time and like you know don 't move on it yet, just just let it develop like wait, well, just wait she was she, and I could tell immediately I just totally pooped in her swimming pool. you know what oh, I mean? Like, no. I was like oh no I'm, like, I'm really sorry, I was like, you know whatever, but then you know uh-huh. later, so I was literally Mars and Saturn trapping her great idea, I guess, but
0: yeah,
1: then afterwards she was like, you know you know well i'm just going i 'm going to hold the intention because I you know. I think you're right. There, there may be a little like run with it too quickly. She's got a bunch of planets in Aries in her tenth anyway, so she's usually like when she gets on something, it's like, poof, you're just off to the races. So, <laughs> yes. you know, I have Moon in Capricorn, so I'm a little bit more like, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You tend to
0: consider so, the limitation. You tend to consider the.
1: Yeah, but then okay, so then flip it in my chart: Sun in Aries in the twelfth house. square to um so i'm a taurus rising and then uh square to mars and saturn in the ninth Mm -hmm. so i was feeling really enthusiastic about uh something in my spiritual course of studies and then over the weekend and coming into this week i hit a big moment of doubt just like Mm -hmm. inner spiritual doubt about something Mm -hmm. and uh but i recognized that 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 there's a constructive use to doubt. You know, that's why that bringing up the I Ching and the waiting or patience is so important because whatever comes up like that, if you really just trust in the the flow of life, I think it it's get the, the, the room to pause and be with something is um, actually in the I Ching, it's always really auspicious. You know, they're yes. always like equating the, they always equate something that stumbles your ambition <laughs> up as like, oh, it's very auspicious, you know?
0: Yeah. It's great. You're not going to get what you want. So you're going to find a stage. <laughs> That's right. You get nothing but you get to line with a sage.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's yeah, that's very interesting. I do think I agree with you that the limitations, I mean, it's very much, you know, like the polishing of the diamond too, which is very Saturnian. The limitations actually help us mature. Um and also to cultivate a better sense of timing because Mars is exalted, but it's interesting having an exalted Mars ruling all, you know, the dispositor of all these Aries planets right now, but then having to, you know, having Saturn, like the auditor kind of just. <laughs> on top of it right
1: now. Kind That's of great. The auditor. I've never heard that before, Shereen. I'm totally going to remember oh, that.
0: yeah. It feels like he, it's like it, or a chaperone or something. It's kind of like <laughs> you don't really to, like. yeah usually for me it's my fifth house so usually this is like a really passionate time of year for me (laughs) yeah really creative and I do feel that still but I also feel like there's this weird like it does you know I everyone always describes Mars Saturn as kind of like driving with the brakes on so there's all this kind of like and with the retrograde it feels like all this passion and exciting energy creativity and like all this very you know, feeling very alive, but then suddenly like can't really get any momentum going with anything, and being like, okay, maybe well, it's not the timing yet, or strategic, or like, oh, there's a block or a delay. And um, even like, I'm I'm actually in the process of tra- starting a new business myself because my project forty's ending, so I'm having to tran. You know, it's not the Fifth best
1: years, time. years,
0: yeah. It's not the best time doing a retrograde, but it's okay for the you know the imaginative part of it, I figured creatively.
1: Oh yeah, totally.
0: For that part. But it's funny because well, I started it before the retrograde started the, the idea, but um, it's similar in that all of a sudden, like cause I have Mars and Saturn in my second house of money and finances where I realize like the scope of what I want to do, I'm going to have to get some kind of either an investor or loans or something. So it's like, it's not like something I can do on my own. So it's okay, I have to recognize that limitation. Right. But that's the Mars-Saturn piece where it's like, with my person I'm going to partner with, because I have Mars on person. of course it's always a partnership with me. But we have to, yeah, we have to now look at, okay, how are we going to really get a structure that can support this? And I think that, I mean, maybe that's the way to work with a Mars-Saturn is to think about really having a solid foundation of whatever new thing you want to bring in when Mercury does come out of retrograde. Although then Saturn's going retrograde.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's. <laughs> I feel like it's quite a, quite an interesting moment because we were talking about this a little in prep for our, our conversation today. But like, you you've got um, you've got yeah Saturn going to turn retrograde and and then you've got Mars over the summer and then Venus in the fall.
0: Yes.
1: And in the middle of all of this, and well, in in the middle of May. Uranus is going to pop in a Taurus, which is like, you know, outer planet changing signs. Like, my God, that's a big deal.
0: Major. And Chiron too. Let's not forget. I love Chiron. Chiron is yes.
1: to Aries. Aries, right. Yeah. I, I, I don't follow Chiron as much, but I, I, I know that it has, I mean, it's on my ascendant natally within like a degree. So it's, I should pay more attention following to it. You. What's that?
0: He's following you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm like, I, yeah, that's right. He's following me. I wish I, no, I need to pay more attention to Chiron. It's, it's something that like, for whatever reason, I just, I've always, I've never been able to go much farther than the phrase wounded healer. I'm like, okay, I got it. There's at some point I've got to hear something more about Chiron than wounded healer. The rainbow. And the, the rainbow yes. I, I could not, are you talking, are you talking about Barbara Han Klaus book?
0: Yes. Have you read that?
1: I couldn't I couldn't do it. I, I I was it was so I'm not like I'm not built for the new age, Shereen. I'm not. I'm like I Really? You I,
0: I, I know that about you?
1: No, I'm I'm such a I was my moon in Capricorn in the ninth. I'm oh. I'm I'm so conservative about these things. I'm just like uh, you know, no I if it have if it feels to me like uh you know, pr- ethereal or, or something like that which is yeah. funny because i you know for 10 years i was like really involved in ayahuasca shamanism which that's is what like, i
0: thought that's why you know, i was like wait wait. Yeah. Okay. i thought you. I should me.
1: be no i just i, I here, the thing is for me with with chiron and you can enlighten me please because i i want to know more mm, sure. um is that uh, it, the reason that i have trouble relating with it is because the only way that i've really heard astrologers talk about it, i couldn't get it i like melanie reinhardt's book but i couldn't yes. get so much into um, Barbara yeah, Handclaw's yeah. book, but the the thing that I have a hard time with is that I see a lot of people um, kind of going around saying, well, I was, you know, I was wounded when I was young and that makes me a shaman now, or that makes me like a, a, a prophet or something. Mm-hmm. So sort of like the, that our, our woundings become a platform for a, a Heroic spiritual elitism, or something, mm. and I, I know that's not Chiron, but I see Chiron co-opted that way yes. so often on on people's threads where it's like, oh well, my my Chiron, which is code word for saying my magnificent spiritual talent,
0: yeah. and I
1: and I'm just like, uh, I can't I can't do it. <laughs> so so anyway so anyway that yeah. that's my issue with it. But tell so tell me what tell, what should I know about Chiron?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I hear you and I feel you. My I'm not by any means a Chiron expert. I did do a 40 days on it to try to learn more about it because when I do those 40 day journeys, the archetype, I live the archetype for 40 days. So I feel like I get to learn it more personally. Uh, Yeah. And I, and also I'm, it's funny that we're talking about Chiron because the sun is exactly on my Chiron today. (laughs) Illuminating it.
1: Yes, please.
0: (laughs) So what I, I mean, I feel like, and I hear you. I, I also am not a fan of the like, you know, my, let me just drag my wound around for eternity and use it as the excuse for everything. And also try to think I have a superiority because of it, like, as if every, not everyone has a Chiron. You know? Right, <laughs> right.
1: Everyone, everyone's wounded, you know,
0: the same, you know, generations were all kind of going through the same thing. But what I do feel is that there, I the way I've experienced it personally, and just watching my clients that I think is useful, mm-hmm. is that, I'm like I mean Saturn is like you know Saturn definitely can hit points that feel like oof you know like uh, insecurities or just uh shame or um mm. like limitation or debilitation this this feeling of kind of like feeling like this is our um it's like where you're limping along in life sometimes you know if if it's hit in a certain way like mm, yeah and I would say than a wound, but People often say, oh, you know, you just look at the Saturn to see where the real insecurity is. But I feel like the real, like, it's like that point, you know, sometimes when you just wake up with this, like, weird ache or this pain, Mm.
1: um,
0: it's like a soul pain. It's like a, um, you know, you just wake up like something's wrong with the world and there's nothing happening in the present moment
1: that you
0: can attribute to that feeling, but there's just this ache. And I notice when my clients are going through something like that, the Chiron is being activated often mm. in the heart. Right. Um, and I notice, for instance, this time of year, I just wake up. Even I'm very, there's great things going on in my life. I don't have something to wake up and feel this kind of like pang. But I, oh, and then I, I it's almost like I can check. If I'm not paying attention to that, I can pretty much know that there's something happening with Chiron. So, that's one piece, I would say, that I have seen pretty consistent, that yeah. it, it hits a certain kind of ouch spot in the soul, like a like an ache. And the other thing I feel is, um, you know, the idea of like certain, you know, it's interesting because Chiron has a lot to do with the hands, like the healing part of the hands, and there's connection with tarot. Um, and I do notice people with prominent or like Chiron being pretty prominent in their chart or in a place that is connected to their work, often a strong connection to the tarot, and um, in the tarot, there's the archetype of the high priest or the hierophant, mm, yeah. the, fifth, the fifth major arcana, and there's the symbol of the keys, and I feel it's somehow very connected to Chiron, because mm. Chiron is a key, so I always think of Chiron as this key to, like, activating, it does, through the wound, you know, there's that expression, like, God comes through the wound, I think there's something to that, yeah, with Chiron, and that it can influence. So, for instance, so you, um, your Chiron is. You said it's on your ascendant.
1: Yeah, I think it's like within a degree. It's very close.
0: So it's in Taurus, which is interesting because they what sometimes they say things on your ascendant, they feel like your blind spot because it's like your clothes that you're wearing, you know.
1: Uh huh. Yeah.
0: So and go. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> People say I like what you're wearing. You go. What is that? Oh okay. So maybe for you, you're so much. I think you are really a embodiment of Chiron in so many ways, you know, you have a very healing presence and maybe, you know, through your voice, through your words, you might not realize that you're playing the role of a healer, but you are, um, and probably helping heal people, a lot of people's wounds through your words, um, I mean, that's more of a Gemini thing, I'm kind of stretching it now with Taurus, because it's your voice, but actually you started doing more of vlogging, right, with your voice, so your voice is coming in more. How's that been for you?
1: Sorry, now I'm playing therapy. Yeah, no, no, that's that's cool. Um, yeah, it's been well let me go, I'll back up first since uh so you so first of all, that's really interesting about Chiron. Um the I like the way you put it because I've I've not yet heard and I know there are people out there who speak, you know, very deeply about Chiron. I know you're not like the only one, but I, I I've not yet heard something articulated to me personally that that really resonated. So Thank you for that because that was really nice. Yeah,
0: my pleasure.
1: Uh, yeah, and I, I, think, at one point while you were talking, I was like, the feeling, the way you know, waking up and feeling like there's just something wrong, there's an unspeakable hurt or something like that. I was like, oh god, that's like, hmm. I, I don't remember there ever not being a time where it, it didn't feel like that when I woke up in the morning. Ah, yeah. um, you know, and I think that's why I. That's why religion or spirituality. Um, has been so important to me. I mean, yeah. that's why, you know, it's been, it's been my, the balm for the, yes. for the wound, I guess. So, yeah. uh, yeah, but I mean, that's why I have to have a sadhana, you know, I have to have a practice. Oh. I have to, I mean, I was like, that's why I get up at four in the morning or whatever. It's like that, yeah. Th- yeah. that, cause if I don't, then what happens is I feel this, you know, it's incredible pain, you know, yes. and it's, um, and it, it feels to me like, um, you know, I've done I've done time, I've done hard time in my life with that pain where, and I think it's not like unique to anything that's happened to me necessarily. It's just there, like I, that really resonated too. Yes. But I, I feel like I've done time with that pain and at a certain point I got to it and said, uh, you know, with ayahuasca, especially for, you know, 10 years of working with ayahuasca and then it, you know, the yogic path and bhakti yoga in particular, and just like getting to a point where it's like, okay, the only way of moving into this mm-hmm. uh, rather than it being something that I feel conflicting mm-hmm. w- myself, you know, I'm conflicted about is to develop uh, some kind of practice. Because in the practice, you know, chanting or prayer or meditation or yoga or what have you, you can move into it, you know? Yes. And so that the, maybe there's something about the moving into it is like th- yes. th- there's a keyhole you have to find or something that, key- that, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So Shereen, that made that made it, first of all, that just made a ton of sense. Um, and uh, yeah, that was really super helpful. And then you, I think, did you ask something? about the v- V-logging. Yeah. So I had uh, I had an eclipse on my ascendant ruler. So, you know, the Venus, which is the, you know, in Leo mm-hmm. and uh, it was the, the big solar eclipse last summer was in proximity to my natal Venus. Okay. And in relation to the ascendant, I realized that like, um, when I was younger, I used to perform with my guitar a lot, coffee houses and you know just stuff like that and um and then I stopped because I realized at a certain point that it wasn't you know it wasn 't going to develop into anything so put capricorn moon i 'm like it 's not going to be you know fruitful financially it 's not you know like it 's not not practical so i i didn 't stop playing, but I stopped performing I started to stop sharing my my performative gifts with others i guess so or my voice or something like that. So, uh, this eclipse hit my Venus and I thought, I, you know, I, it's not that I hide behind my writing. Um, but I do have a voice as well as being a writer and, and, you know, maybe I should try to put that out there a little bit more. So, yeah. uh, so I just made an intention to kind of, kind of do that and felt prompted by spirit saying some, something like, uh, it was, you know, time to, uh, face some of the fears around that 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 personal sense of inadequacy or shame or whatever. So you know, Chiron on the Ascendant, that makes sense as well. And it's disposed of by that Venus that got the eclipse.
0: Yeah. Okay. And has it felt healing to do the
1: Oh yeah. I mean, but I've I really have suffered through some of it because um people on YouTube are malicious. Oh, I mean people on Facebook can be bad, but yeah. uh people on YouTube are just merciless sometimes. And uh so I've I've had I'm not, I'm not like a TEDx speaker where I have flawless delivery without my ums or my ahs or, you know, Oh yeah. whatever. I have my fillers. I'm yeah. not like, a, I'm not, I teach all the time and I read for people all the time, but you know, being on camera, it's a little bit more nerve wracking for me. I'm sure it'll become more natural over time, but I had someone write basically like, you know, basically you should curl up and die because you use yeah. the word um when you talk. And it was just like malicious. So it's been, it's been definitely, I've been doing them, but there's definitely like a level of like fear that I meet with every time that I, that I make a video blog.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's so, but I would definitely say with everything we just spoke about that, it will be And this is where you can test the theory, I guess, of Chiron. Does it open up? Is it like a key? Does it open up? powers like hidden powers you didn't even realize you had or like healing like certain healing for you and just your potential i mean supposedly we don't really get the full activation of chiron until the return which is around 52 i guess right 51 52 Um, yeah so you know it's still to come but it actually they say like 38 is well this is the barbara hancock i don't love this but thing I remember from that book was that I thought was interesting is I do remember at age 38 feeling my Chiron activated too much also but I also was having Uranus going over my moon so it could have been that'll do (laughs) I, I, I had like a summer of insomnia where I would wake up I I didn't sleep the entire summer I couldn't sleep when I was 38 and I remember like it would be three in the morning and I'd have to like walk around my block because I had so much energy. I didn't know what to do with.
1: That's funny. I had the same thing happen to me when Uranus was just square to my moon a a couple of years ago. It was like a whole year of my life where I was just like, oh, I guess I'm not sleeping anymore.
0: Yeah. It's awful because I love sleeping. I was so upset.
1: Gosh. Yeah. That's
0: funny. Never had because I'm a Pisces moon. So if anything, I have the opposite problem where I can't wake up and I can sleep, I can sleep in a moving car. I can sleep on a, you know, like loud bus anywhere. But suddenly I couldn't even like, I, it was so weird. And I thought, is this ever going to end? It was terrifying to think like, cause I've heard people talk about not being able to sleep. And I just, it had never happened my entire life. But then I was like, ah, it's some kind of Kundalini awakening. Uranus, Uranus is the masculine Kundalini. And I didn't, expected to hit like that but i wonder if it was a combination of that and the gyron
1: what do you think of as the feminine kundalini just out of curiosity oh,
0: Pluto. This, this is from my teacher edwin steinbrecher he just okay on this.
1: okay gotcha that's really interesting so let me ask this this question because this is natural segue i guess but what do you think what do you think of uranus entering taurus since we're talking about uranus and oh we were going to talk about this anyway
0: well i felt an activation of the the, the value system. So my, and I, I I know I'm not alone in this and I can already see the trends, you know, coming. Um, and it's sort of my secret hope and fear, because obviously I rely a lot on the internet and social media myself, but I also miss, I'm such a Saturn and Taurus girl that I love real things like, you know, that are not virtual. I, I miss, um, you know, getting real letters instead of emails and things like that. <laughs> right. I, I feel like it, it might break the spell of the the Uranus and Aries kind of social media, social me, me, me media um, that we've been under. I think it's definitely going to alter that in some way. And it's interesting because I had been saying that, and then I even saw like one of the big internet gurus, Danielle Laporte, is starting a. her next program is all about trying to get people offline you know she's somebody people go to online for inspiration and her thing her new program I just saw she must have an astrologer because she's launching it pretty close to this shift um called lighter and it's all about it sounds like I mean I don't know the details but I just saw it on Instagram the other day and I was like oh that's so interesting that it's, it sounds very influenced by the Uranus. And what I imagine is the Uranus and Taurus, which is trying to get people back into the body and offline as much. And you can see it even with like, everyone's like, you know, I mean, Facebook's already in crisis and it's, it's already starting to happen.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, I sort of dread that because my livelihood is connected to, you know, to social media no. because I blog and write and everything else. But I don't think it'll go away overnight. No, obviously. no, it's not going to
0: be- down just change the just the 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 power of it somehow I think
1: well you know and the the so my thought about it has also been that um the um the the one of the things that angles that I've been a slightly different um angle that I've been taking on it has been that you know you're also gonna see an increase in the um, of the thing look how does that shift facilitated right and part of it is through oversaturation of of drama and unhealthy things happening mm-hmm. um but uh the other thing that can i think shift the um the technological zeitgeist is when mother nature starts acting up more oh, i mean yes. already right but yeah. i think uranus entering Taurus is also those deep structures of earth, you know the tectonic plates I'm thinking yeah, about earthquakes and me too. you know I'm like we had an earthquake in Delaware here not long ago, and it, it's like you know pretty unheard of anyway, I was in a seven point six earthquake in Costa Rica one time oh really, and for maybe yeah it was like and maybe it was like a a minute long hmm. and um and i for a brief, very brief flashes, could see the ground undulating, like li- wow. almost like liquid. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that was just, you know, my perceptual field shaking or not, but I've heard this from other people, too, that the actual, the ground sort of undulates in earthquakes. And this was a massive one. Wow. Um, and uh, I'll just never forget what that was like, that the the what you said actually was really the kundalini right like or let's just say the, the kundalini or like the shakti of uranus that, yeah. that it yeah. it it from the earth from deep in the earth it felt like i could feel magnets moving
0: yes wow.
1: and, and like coming up through the soles of my feet and being like i'm never not connected to this like incredible interconnected field of like magnets and electricity and like yeah. stuff that's like in the earth and it was so powerful it was so awakening for me of course like that was like a you know a pretty surreal natural disaster kind of experience there was a tsunami warning we had to get in the car and head for the hill uh, yeah it was like it was really intense but i i i just remember having this thought of how tiny and small and insignificant i am um in 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 relation to the power of mother nature you know oh, yeah. just like oh my god and i just think well if if we see an increase, I mean, there's already a lot, like think about last year, all the hurricanes and everything. But if Uranus entering an earth sign, you know, the fixed earth sign starts really shaking up foundational structures of society um, with, with natural events. It could really create a shift in, in the consciousness, you know?
0: I think so. I think definitely. And I'm living in earthquake territory here.
1: Oh, gosh, sorry. I shouldn't have uh, put that no, no, out
0: it's not there. like I haven't thought about this, like, for a month. Right. Already, you know, Scorpio, I always think we're scared. <laughs> But it doesn't seem to do any... I mean, sad rising goes into... Like, sad rising and Neptune rising, it's the... Uh, I don't do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> Nile, looking at my beautiful view here, like, that's fine. <laughs> I'm in an earthquake-proof building. <laughs> no, I... But we—you never know where these these disasters are going to hit—is the thing. That's how it's been feeling anyway. It's kind of like, it's this Russian roulette of like, where's Mother Nature going to strike next? If not Mother Nature, then it's the guns. I mean, that I think has been more the kind of finale of Uranus and Aries with the guns. Hopefully, hopefully that'll be the takeaway. I'm really hoping that the revolution of the guns could be the end of the Uranus and Aries.
1: yeah but wouldn't that recognize There
0: can be a revolution of of i think what's starting to wake up and can will hopefully continue to awaken is that you know we have to stop abusing the earth i mean it it will be like do or die i think during that time i mean although then when you see how Trump's pulled back all basically any protection of the earth that was put in place that i mean there's got to be a backlash to that
1: yeah and and i and I also think about these things like. Uh, from you know, from the standpoint of having studied a lot of like Indian philosophy, and uh, you think about karma yeah. and um, the way that <clears throat> um, the uh, the there's a sense in which you know in astrology, I feel like you can you know there's a, a broad predictive uh, capacity that astrology has. Like you can say, okay, this kind of thing is going to happen around this kind of time or whatever, but you can never really know exactly how the how the actions of of in the past are leading to certain kinds of consequences expressed by the transits, yeah. and that they they always have this way if you 're really studying them uh, in the, the experiences in relation with the transits of delivering this this lesson you know like there's this there's some lesson that has to be learned and so i 'm also thinking you know with uranus and in taurus i 'm thinking about you know di- the dis- the disruption of some of our most uh, you know some of the things that we think are most solid, the ground that we stand on, that's most basic. And, and the only way that I could put it into context is <clears throat> so um, uh, when I went to India, and I've, this is in yeah. South America, my experience as well in in the Amazon, that when you when you see third world countries or developing countries in um, and and you see the people, and you see the disease. And you see pollution yeah. in that context, yes. And then you also see it right next to the the way that the Western ethos is like infected yes. the the civilization. It's trying to become all of that. And yes. you, it's it's funny because what you're really seeing is you're seeing the under you're seeing the underlying karma, uh, uh, the 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 pattern. You're seeing like okay, this is what Indian astrologers have been telling us for thousands of years that people who are uh, poor aspire for wealth and people who are wealthy eventually become poor. And this yeah. you know goes in cycles and yeah. there's spiritual wealth and there's, um, there's spiritual poverty and stuff like that. And so you're seeing this great spiritual wealth right next to incredible material poverty. And then you're seeing all the material uh, striving in that developing country. And you're just you're thinking, how long is it going to be before massive amounts of people in the United States, especially, I have to say, like, especially people who are so bound up in these political left, leftist and rightist, like extreme bantering with one another. Yeah. What does it take to level everybody back down to the humble earth where it's just exactly. like, dudes, we're animals, you know, like, we're, you know, like, what brings us down to that common denominator? And I have to say, it's things that are so common and basic, I think, like, when I look at what, how I was really transformed in India, it was it was not. I mean, yes, there was theological and like spiritual uh, transformation and amazing, you know, sort of practices and all of that. But some of the most basic spiritual transformation is just being like, you know, feet on the earth, back to there's the, there's the the sewer, the plumbing isn't good the you know the actual physical structures are so basic that you instantly come back to the DNA of your ancestors from 5,000 years ago. Oh, yeah. And that just changes, shifts your consciousness like really instantly. So, mm-hmm. and I think the same thing happens in natural disasters when people uh, suddenly are, take there's basic material structures that basically um, support all of our delusions about what life is really about are are stripped back, then it's like, oh, wait, this is what it's all about. And I think that's kind of in keeping with what you were saying about technology being sort of the departure of uh, going away from technology, like that could be that that sort of forced in some way because of things like this happening, electric grids growing, going down, or I don't know what, but
0: yeah, my guru, ama predicted some kind of potentially like solar flares between 2020, 2024, that could take it out. Oh, uh, wow. But also, I, I feel the Uranus and Taurus will be really important to bring us back into the body, into the, the physical realm, uh, yeah, for sure, that we'll need that yeah. connection back to, the, probably this practice of earthing will be, become very popular, like what you were describing, even being in the earthquake, will be important during that time
1: earthing what's earthing
0: oh you haven't heard about that it's this new practice where people go out and they're finding like to heal inflammation and these chronic issues in the body that just going out out with your with bare feet now there's also this whole movement to get people to wear shoes that make sure that you have all five points of the foot all five lines of the foot we call it um activated because most shoes don't support that where your feet are really flat to the earth so uh,
1: right that like the t- not Tivas, but um the the grippy toe shoes.
0: Nope, it'd be more like moccasins, really. Like anything that allows your foot to just be completely flat. Ah, uh, yeah, my, yeah. My, one of my partners, uh, Kiki Flynn or Kiki, says she does a lot of wellness stuff, and she's she's taught me a lot about this. She's hardcore into this earth thing. So you, it's basically just going out with bare feet into the earth for, you know, walking around, really feeling your feet on the earth. It sounds so funny. Like, no, that that's turned this into a practice because this is just like what we used to do. <laughs> no. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: The technology. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's funny because my friend in India was like, When we went walking through the countryside one day, Barefoot was like, this is supposed to be really good for you, like (laughs) da-da-da, and I think he was probably talking about that.
0: Yes, it is, yeah. They're finding that, which is so funny, because that's maybe the way we could think of Uranus and Taurus, like, the technology of Earth, which should be so basic anyway, like, having to go back, it's revolutionary now for us to go back to the basics, like, oh, like, being on a computer all day takes you out of your body. So you have to go back and actually plant your feet on the earth and hug yeah. a tree and, you know, walk barefoot through the park or feel your feet on the sand or, you know, maybe it's better to listen to a, a podcast than to be always like with the screen with your eyes. Everyone, my, my eyesight is shot since I've been on the computer for so much in the last couple of years. It's like, right ridiculous but i mean yeah so i don't think computers will go away but maybe we're just putting it more we're just being more conscious of the things we need to stay in the body
1: the the revolution of simple earth
0: Yeah.
1: right that could be the title <laughs> of a talk
0: yeah. or run for the hills that's my right
1: idea. <laughs> yeah gosh we're that's funny
0: run for the hills yeah totally <laughs> like it's coming well, that hour went by so fast. Oh my God. Okay. I could keep talking to you forever. We'll have to do another one because we didn't even get to talk about the, the summer events. And I wanted to talk more about Mars and Capricorn and the retrograde coming with Mars and the retrograde Venus, but maybe we can do a follow-up podcast, you know, like in a month or so.
1: That would be fun. And we yeah. should tell your, your, your oh. listeners that you're going to be speaking at my spring speaker series, giving a talk on the Venus retrograde. So they could also check out your thoughts on that yeah. through that series. Is it okay if I Absolutely. plug, plug my, okay. So oh, if you <laughs> go to my, if you go to my website, everyone who's listening, www.nightlightastrology.com. So that's Night Light Astrology all together, yeah. dot com, And then you go to the events page, you'll see Shireen listed there and you can, um, uh, you The go-to meeting login for that is just listed publicly. We collect donations during the talk. And there'll be some other speakers that are up as well. Nick Best is going to be doing a talk on Uranus and Taurus. Oh, and then Henry Seltzer from Astrograph oh, yeah. Software. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to be doing a talk on newly discovered planets, which um, if, as my understanding of Chiron shows you, I have very mm-hmm. little. So,
0: really so
1: yeah so it's going to be a good lineup, but people it's free it's donation based, so um people can come and check it out so yeah hopefully I'll cool, yeah. uh, continue this conversation
0: yes, definitely, I love talking with you, so we will'll we'll, we'll follow up with it and um yeah, so i uh thank you for having me yeah, thank you so much for being here, and thank for listening.